Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Somebody, if you can't get excited now, I can't help you. I'm no use to you right now if you're not fired up about that. What do we know about Jesus? He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. He is the way maker. Yes. Well, I just want to say welcome to you guys. Listen, in the, in the time of Rona, we can't really shake hands or hugs, but in light of that song, we can turn to our neighbor and just say that Jesus, though. That Jesus, it feels good too, don't it? If you're online, you can just type that in the comments. That Jesus, though. Man, somebody. Our second week back, are you excited? Yes, I'm so excited. I wore my favorite hoodie today. And yes, I may look like a slob, but I am cozy and comfortable because I want you to feel cozy and comfortable. Amen? Does that feel good? All right, sit down. Go ahead, take a seat. Take a seat. Take a load off of your feet. Guys, welcome. <laughs> somebody knew it. I heard it in the background. Somebody knew it. Sorry, it's an inside joke. I just, I couldn't help. Well, listen, welcome, guys. There's a couple things I want to tell you about this morning. I'm so excited. <laughs> what is going to feel good, like my hoodie, is if you are new here today, text RLNEW to 97000. And all that's going to happen is we're going to say howdy and you're going to say hi and we're just going to welcome you in. If you're online, you can click in the comment section and fill out a digital communication card. We'll send that to you. It's really the same thing because we want to share our mission with you guys. What we're here to do is that we want to see people who are far from God discover real life and purpose in Jesus. And there's two different ways that we're going to want to do that for you. Actually, one way, my favorite way, is there's a free gift. If you are new, stop at the New Here booth and you get, it's a quick trip gift card. I gave away the secret, the picture did too but it's a great gift card. It's just something that we want to say to you. Hey, listen, you're a gift to us and we want to give a gift to you. But there's also another gift. After this service in our next step room, you can meet with Pastor Sean and Diane and they're going to walk you through who we are. There's four different ones and you can start in any order. You don't have to start in the first, second one. This one is the I was born to be. And we want to help you discover your real life and purpose in Jesus. And it's an excellent time for us to be able to show you how to do that. It's a gift that we want to give to you guys. But also, if you're online and you want to go through the next steps, you can go to reallifechurchkc.com and RSVP. On August 30th at Pastor Sean and Diane's house, we're going to have what we're calling a crash course. We're going to condense all four down into that time so that you can go through it that way. How amazing is that? They got a great house, comfortable seating. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's going to be wonderful. Well, you picked a great Sunday to be here because I'm telling you, this sermon series that we're in, the Hero Maker series, I feel like, my personal opinion, I feel like it really displays our heart for a church uh, and, for, and for people. So Sean's going to come up. His message. I wasn't done. Okay, good. His message today is from zero to hero. Guys, give it up for Pastor Sean. Pastor Brian, the devil lives in the sound system, doesn't he? A little bit. It was hissing back. So, hey, love you guys. How you doing? 
guys can do better than that. We're gonna get we're gonna get there today, man. Last week was awesome, wasn't it? Uh, you know, we're relaunching the church and uh, open up at KT. We have no idea what to expect, but I'm gonna tell you what, man. You guys blew us away. Seriously, you overwhelmed us through response. We had over 200 people come last Sunday here in person to KT. Come on, give it up for everybody who came out. How awesome is that? I mean, in the COVID season, we're like, we had no idea. Like, we're just going to just throw the bread in the water and just pray that God's going to use it. And we were blown away. So, man, so exciting. And uh, if you join us online, man, how awesome is it with all this new live feed? You're here in person. You can see what's happening. And I'll tell you what, give it up for everybody that's online one more time. Come on, we love you guys. Guys, you got to do better, man. I love it. There's so many people watching. So it's encouraging to see what God is doing in this season. Last week, we uh, relaunched a youth group uh, at Megan Jason Wheeler's house. Uh, had lots of new visitors and, uh, man, it's an incredible time. So if you have teenagers and you're like, man, they're bored out of their mind. They're not hanging out with anybody. Man, 6 o'clock tonight, you got to be there. It's going to be awesome. They do a lot of great stuff. So, uh, man, I'm excited for this series, Hero Maker. Uh, I think there's anything that should define our church is that people leave better than they come. Amen. People should show up and like experience a little grace of God in their life and leave a little differently for the name of Jesus. And this whole series is about the best fruit grows in other people's trees. We're going to build people up. We're going to care about people. And today I'm talking about something I believe is so important for the life of our church. And it's the mouth of a hero maker. I mean, it's the words that you speak, the powerful words you have. Sometimes we discount that. And so I want to, do, I want to introduce this message with a story. And so back uh, when I was in college, I was 20 years old, and I served at a church on the north side just out of town of Springfield, Missouri. And uh, I was passionate about these bus kids. We picked bus kids up in the north side of Springfield. If you know about that area, uh, there's a lot of poverty, um, just a lot of um, just situations, a lot of drugs. A lot of kids live with their grandparents or, I mean, barely uh, underfunded schools, just barely surviving. And uh, I'm telling you what, these kids had a big heart and passion for them. And so we had this team that pick them up, and we'd bring them to church on Sunday mornings and then uh, on Wednesday night for Awana and uh, all that stuff. And so my normal weekend would look like this. I would leave on Friday from the college. I'd pack up my desktop computer. Come on, somebody. Because I was a college kid and didn't have any money for anything else. So I packed up my desktop with that big old monitor, you know, the glass monitor, everything. That was that was me. I was that nerd. And I did, went back to uh, here in Kansas City, did, did my homework. The next day I got up and I would uh, work with, where's my father-in-law? I know Jerry's in the house somewhere. Uh, but He's back there. So, so he, he saw something in me. He said, that guy looks like a painter. And so he put me to work. He uh, was the facility director over at uh, Two Rivers Hospital. And he said, I need to paint the outside of this facility, like the whole thing. And so that's what I did. So I'd come home on the weekends. Uh, I'd work with uh, Jerry, sun up, sundown. And then I would get up early on Sunday. I'd pack that desktop computer back up. And I'd drive all the way down past the church I was at, go into North Springfield, pick up kids on the bus and with cars and different stuff. I'd bring them back to church. That was like my normal Sunday. Is that crazy? I don't know. Most, most people in college at 20 years old, that's not their weekend, right? It's a little different weekend. But I'm just telling you, I was passionate about these kids. And one Sunday, this, this girl we brought to church, she had flipped off the lights in kind of a gym like this after church. And, uh, man, there was that one guy. Man, he got upset. He was real critical. You know, there's always that one guy at church. Come on, somebody. Everybody's got that one guy. You know what I'm talking about? Satan raised him up. You come back, and there's two more that pop up. You know what I'm talking about? The, this critical spirit that's always got something. And so this guy, he, he, just, he just shouts out in the middle of the whole room, man. He's like, who is the leader of this Rat Pack group of kids? I'm like, well, I guess he's talking to me. So... I go up to him. I don't really know who he was. I knew he was a deacon in the church. And man, he begins to tell me, he goes, man, if you're so passionate about these kids, man, go start your own church. Take these kids out of here. Go to North Springfield. Get these Rat Pack group of kids out of here. We're a country church. We've always been a country church. We'll always be a country church. And it always will stick with me. In that moment, I, I left. He was upset. He stormed off. I was upset. I stormed off. And I remember driving back in my, uh, my, on the way back, dropping his kids off and just thinking like, dude, I'm done. Like, why am I even doing this? Like, if the people that's supposed to be 
carrying me on your shoulders don't care about it. Why am I even doing this? I love discouraged. I love defeated. I mean, it was the opposite of the I see in you conversation, right? <laughs> like, I see this thing God's doing. I know God can use life. It was like, why are you doing that conversation? I left there completely discouraged. And I'm telling you, your words are so important. Your words are so important to your life. It's so easy to cut somebody down. Can I just tell you something this morning? I mean, you can't critique somebody if you're wearing the other team's jersey, amen? You can't give somebody some feedback. If you don't care about the person you're talking to, then they are not going to care what you have to say. It's so easy, though, to cut people out, isn't it? I don't know about you. If you're a parent, you've got teenagers. Come on, somebody. It's so easy to get overwhelmed and just say, you know what? You're always going to be this way. It's always going to be that way. And we begin to use our words instead of helping somebody. We begin to hurt people around us. In this season of COVID, you guys are awfully quiet. <laughs> in this season of COVID, man, I'm going to summarize it in one word, critical. Critical. I mean, everything you see is hypercritical no matter what you do. Can I just say, whatever I decide to do with masks in our church, critical. There's just critics everywhere. It doesn't matter where you put a line on anything. It's just critical, critical, critical. And there's some people that's no matter what it is, it's always going to be that way. I'm just telling you something. We were passionate about making heroes in our church. And this critical person just wanted to steal that thunder away from my life and take this from me. I'm going to tell you something. The problem with criticism is, is that it's not helpful. The problem with criticism is we're not giving constructive feedback. The reality is it's that nagging, crucial, critical conversation. You guys ever met somebody like that? I know you're looking at me because if you've met me, I can be that guy. Amen? No amen from the wife. I can be that guy. And we all can be that person, can't we? Like where we're hypercritical. It's all nitpicky. You can tear somebody apart before lunch, right? Who knows? Some, don't raise your hand, but on the way to church this morning, come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. There's that critical conversation that maybe took place. Some of you guys think right now, I'm, I thank God Sean's preaching on criticism because my spouse here. Come on, somebody. Be careful. Be really careful. I mean, some of you guys are online. You're like, I'm going to share this with somebody. I'm a, I'm a boss in mind. I'm going to put their name in there and it's going to send it over. They need to watch this. And it's so easy to see criticism in somebody else because it hurts, right? But so oftentimes it's so hard to see in ourselves. It's so hard to see that we're being critical or, or overbearing or we're nitpicky and we're finding all these little things because we're justified, right? Like if that person wasn't so weird or they weren't so dumb. Come on, dude. Who's low tolerance for dumb people? I say it all the time. It's like, man, it's so dumb. What were you thinking? So dumb. Like, it's just me. I, I just, it's just me. All right, I'm going to put my sins out there, right? Um, or maybe that person was just more wiser than money. Like, obviously, that was just so foolish. I can't believe you did that. And it's so easy to tear people down. I mean, sometimes, you know, we know God has a plan, but we have a plan for him, too. Like, how you raise your kids. Come on, somebody. I, know, I, 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 wrote a, um, I rolled up a garden hose this last week, and I was criticized for how to roll it up. Somebody told me that, literally told me this. They said, you'll never be a firefighter. Why does it matter how I roll this garden? It's just crazy. People find every reason to be critical. Man, that post online, you're looking at that like there's no way you can afford what you just bought. Like you can't afford that vacation. We know better than that. And all of a sudden we're just hypercritical of everything we see around it. Come on, how you load the dishwasher? Anybody, any dishwasher Nazis in the house? <laughs> Don't look at me. Stop it. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are awfully quiet today. I mean, COVID is like the critical season. Like I've never been, been around so much criticism. Like on Facebook, it is crazy. Every post is somebody just trying to be right instead of helping somebody. It's a critical season all of around it. There's no amens in the house. I'm telling you, man, this is the season we're in. The hero-making season is going to come upon us. We've got to change some things. There's a popular verse in the Bible I want to share with you. that If you're not a Christian, you probably know this verse, but the, no, the verse behind it you may not know. And it's found in Galatians chapter 5. It says this, For the whole law can be summed up in one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, man, everybody got warm and you. You're like, that's why we're here. You know, we're to love people. I love people. And then there's this warning that's right behind it. And look at this. It says, but if you're always biting and devouring one another, then nobody do that, would they? 
There's no biting. You know, you heard that sentence, sheep bite, sheep bite. You ever, try to serve, you ever try to serve somebody and then they bite at you? You try to serve your kids and they bite at you? You ever try to help somebody and they, they, they try to bite at you? You've been there? No? You get somebody some help and it's not really welcomed? I'm just telling you, the verse says, be, always beware of biting, devouring one another. Watch out by, but because beware of destroying one another. Man, it's so easy to be critical, isn't it? I mean, be careful not cutting people down. Be, be careful they're not taking people for less. That we're not going to hurt somebody. That we're being negative, being critical in our spirit. That we're not going to destroy somebody. Can I tell you today, your mouth can either make you a hero maker or make you a zero maker. I mean, so often in times we're, we're pulling people down. If you, I've been there. So often that we can make people feel less than because of our words. Now, oftentimes we don't know what, that how much power our words even have. I mean, we can make it or break in our marriage, can't we? I know for some of us, the, the intimacy in our marriage is like long gone. I mean, for some of you guys, you're holding on by a thread. And you look back, you're like, man, it was the words I spoke for the last two years, if not longer, that got me in this situation today. We destroyed the intimacy by the words of how we speak about each other. Man, for your kids, you can either build walls, right? Or you can tear them down. We've been there. Or your friendships, right? You can help pull your friendships in. You can, you can build a bridge. Or you know what? You can get the gasoline out and the match. Come on, somebody. It's so easy. I'm going to unfriend you on Facebook. We're done. We're no longer friends. And it's so easy being this culture of criticism. I believe God has called us to be a hero maker today. Other God has called us to see the potential in other people, just like Jesus saw the potential in us. So I want to show you a couple of verses of how we are going to be here makers. Proverbs 12, 18 says this. It says, some people making cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Come on, somebody say healing. I mean, does anybody need some healing this morning for some words? I'll tell you what, I've preached a thousand messages. I'm, I'm not even joking. That's not an exaggeration. Like, I can do the math. I know how many messages I've preached. And I can't remember hardly any sentences of my messages. I can't remember any, like, exact moment sentences. But I always remember when somebody said, hey, who's the leader of this Rat Pack group of kids? It will always stick with me. And for some of us, there's those words where somebody said something to us. Maybe it's your dad or your spouse or your best friend or that person that was a deacon at a church <laughs> that's supposed to be a hero. I mean, you guys have been to some churches that maybe have pushed you out or maybe said something negative or these things in your life. And it's so easy to let those things sit in your heart. I'm telling you, you have no idea how one word of criticism can hurt our lives. I mean, our words can hurt or they can bring life. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 4, 29, it says, do not, let us, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, helpful. Helpful. All right, I'm going to be helpful. Here's the thing. Uh, later on today, when uh, they're saying something they shouldn't say, maybe your spouse is making funny a little bit, you can say, was that helpful? Was that helpful? You can use that. And you can say, was it helpful to you? And you'll fight about being helpful. It'll be great. All right, we'll do that. Was it helpful for building others up according to their needs that may benefit those who are listening? Can I just encourage you guys today? I mean, the way we speak, the question you're always asking is, is it helpful? Is it helpful? Hey, is, is Facebook, most Facebook posts helpful? Is it helpful? I'm gonna be, I run our social media church. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. I run our social media church, and sometimes I just can't find something to say that's helpful, and so I just say nothing. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't know what to even say with this. Like, it's so difficult to find the right words to say. And that's what the Bible says, even a, foolish, even a fool seems wise when he shuts his mouth. Like, sometimes it's smarter to say nothing, right? Come on, amen? From all, the, from all the spouses. It's like, you should shut your mouth now. Um, this is not a good time to talk. Uh, but I'm just telling you, we gotta be helpful. Are we helpful? Can you imagine everything you say being helpful in your family? Like go one day where everything was just helpful around you. Just one day where you're like around your kids and you're like, man, you know what? I'm gonna encourage them with that. Like I've been kind of negative with this group of people or maybe it's that team you lead at, at, at your work, uh, hopefully not at church. <laughs> but it was that team where you're like, man, I gotta be helpful. I've been a little negative around the team. Here's what you gotta understand. You have no idea how one word of criticism can cut somebody out. 
You have no idea if one word of criticism can sit with their entire life. I mean, how people get bitter and bitter over the years, but you also have no idea how one word of encouragement can change somebody's life. Amen? You have no, word of, no idea if one word of encouragement can change their life. You know, I walked out of the church um, with those kids, and I felt completely deflated. Like, literally, I, I was like, ready to walk out on not just the church, but on serving God completely. I thought, why am I even doing this? If these people don't care, why would I even care? And this man called Phil McGee, he called me up, and he was leading the WANA program. He was a mentor, a spiritual leader, and he called me up. He said, man, I, I wasn't there today. I heard what happened. I cannot believe that that went down. But you know what, Sean? God has a purpose for your life. Is you cannot let one person determine what that purpose is. I'll take care of that other stuff behind the scenes, but God has called you to make a difference in these kids. And I'm telling you, we had tons and tons of kids come to Christ, man, getting fed every single week. And so often we let other people determine our potential. And so often there's people in life that tear it down, but I thank God for hero makers, amen? I'm telling you something, I wouldn't be here today launching this church and be a part of this if it wasn't for somebody named Phil McGee, amen? One for people in my life. I'm telling you, I'm standing on the shoulders of heroes. Amen? There's some people in your life that you need to stand on the shoulders of. And I believe that our church is called to be that church. Our church is that church where you can walk in and look like how you want to look like. You can come with the tattoos and the leather. that You can have a biker gang look going on. and be like, come on, sit up here in the front. Amen? I mean, some of you guys can come in and you, you feel like the building's going to burn down. And you got all this guilt and accusation in your life. You don't feel like you're good enough. Man, that's just the words of Satan. I mean, God sees the potential. We believe in you. We believe that God has a purpose for your life. I'll tell you what, I sin every day. I'm not perfect. There's nothing, there's no perfect day in my life, no perfect day in your life. And that's why for us, we gotta be some hero makers, amen? I'll tell you what it looks like. And now I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick on somebody if I can. I say pick on, I'm gonna celebrate somebody actually. Dude, where's Scott? Where's, where's Jordan? He's right here. All right, hey, stand up, Jordan. All right, believe it or not, you used to look up to me. <laughs> now I look up to you. And uh, this is Jordan's uh, last Sunday here before he goes off to college. And so I want to encourage you just a little bit because I, I kind of know the, the, the story here. And if you don't know Jordan, uh, Jordan is just an amazing young man. And uh, he, he was coming to my youth group so long ago. I mean, you, <laughs> you're balling me then anyway. I don't even play hoops with this kid. Um, but this guy was coming. And I'll tell you what, over the years of youth ministry, the thing that sticks out the most in your life is how many people you brought to Jesus. Like, seriously, th that was like your gift. And that's your passion. This guy, he brought all his friends. We used to do these things called Alive, which is like bringing, um, bringing Jesus to our community. And he would, he would bring all his friends. And they would come to Christ, and he would put a light bulb in. Every time somebody to Christ, they'd write their story and their name on a bulb. And it, how many light bulbs did, I don't know, your friends put in? It had to, be, it had to be at least be 20 light bulbs. This kid just bringing people, bringing people, bringing people. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something, that you have a hero-making family. And I say that, and I don't say it loudly, because I, don't, I didn't grow up in that kind of world. And I'll tell you what it looks like real practically. Uh, he had his 18th birthday this last year, and Scott had a really cool idea, maybe it was your whole family, uh, that at 18, that they're going to invite his heroes into his life, and they're going to speak words of life over him at 18 years old. So for his birthday, his gift was flying in his mentors, his spiritual heroes, people he looked up to, and spend three or four hours with him, pouring into him, and just giving him practical advice, and saying, hey, look, here's your heroes. What advice would you give to Jordan today as he turns 18? Isn't that crazy? I mean, I don't know anybody else who got that speech, you know. I looked at it, I thought, that's a good idea. Like, I'm going to have to write that down and bank on it. And so, no pun intended for the basketball player here. Um, but he's going off to William Jewell, and uh, we will miss you around here, but this is always home, and we love you, and seriously, we're always behind you. You know, God's a great plan for you. Man, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Come on, give it up for Jordan, his family. Hero maker. Hero maker, you're building a hero maker. I'm expecting that because it's like, man, you learn so much from your parents about what it is to pour in somebody else. I mean, that's a goldmine idea.
Like nobody did that in my life. Let me just pour into you. What would it be like if we had that mentality where like, I'm going to see the best come out of you. Like speak some words of life into somebody. Let's bring some people to the next level. So I want to encourage you today to be a hero maker. It means to bring some healing in your life. So what kind of person do you want to leave here today? I'm going to give you two options. The first one's a fault finder. The first one is a person that goes around and find all the negative. Like you saw the day, and it was like, ah, yeah, that was all great, but here's the problems. It's somebody who sees all the wrongs and never finds the right. They catch you always doing the bad stuff. It's just a fault finder. I don't know if you're married. Come on, somebody. It's easy to find the faults with your spouse. I mean, you can cheer your spouse up before breakfast, can't you? I mean, just the way they walk, you know, like they're looking like they got that thug thing going on. You're like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? It's kind of like Barry today with his thug look. He's got that thing going, and... Was that low? I told you I'm preaching myself today. If you don't know about Barry, he, uh, he may have broke his ankle yesterday doing some mountain biking. Um, he does not quite sure yet. But he's got that little walk going, you know. And uh, it's funny watching him and Christy. They, they have a really fun relationship. And um, I brought some crutches for him, but he didn't need those today. But, but your wife told me to bring those, Barry. So anyway, but you can tear down your spouse easy before breakfast, right? I mean, even the way they chew their cereal. You know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, I can't, dude, can you shut your mouth? I think you're smacking, you know? And my jaw, you know, everyone probably knows about me. It's probably too much information. It pops when I chew, okay? So it just clunk, clunk, clunk. I'm just like, what is wrong with you? I don't know, man. Maybe I need some braces. I have no idea. I mean, or the baby that snort night. I'm one of those guys that started snoring. My wife, she just elbows me, right? Any <laughs> some amens. All right, you just elbowing people. I wake up, I got bruises. I don't know what happened. It's just get over here. Or maybe the way your spouse breathes. It's like Darth Vader. Can you breathe a little better? It's like, I can't even change this. I don't know what's happening. Or maybe you went to that Zoom meeting at work this week, right? And that lady that runs the meeting, she's just annoying. Like you find all the critical things about her. Like, I can't stand the way she runs this meeting. Or the way her voice sounds, right? Or, or maybe you're looking at her like, I know how she raises her kids, and they're getting up in prison. Like, you just have all this critical spirit, all about stuff around your fault finders. And I just want to encourage you today, man, why not be a fault finder? Because the Pharisees were fault finders. The Pharisees in the Bible, these religious, like, over-radical, law people were fault finders. Matter of fact, it's one of the characteristics of Satan himself is a fault finder. It's somebody who sees all the negative. The, the devil's called the father of lies, the, the prince of the power of the air, of darkness, the devourer. And over and over again, the Bible is called the accuser. It's just somebody who goes around and accuses you. If you've been in shame, if you've walked in, you feel like you weren't good enough and you can't measure up for God's love, that's not from God. That's from Satan himself. Jesus never accused anybody. Well, except the Pharisees, right? Jesus didn't see somebody in their sin and said, you're accused and you're, 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 you're not good enough. No, no, Jesus served people and cared for people. We can walk out of here being a fault finder so easy today. I mean, we also tend to think as a fault finder that it makes us look cool, don't we? I don't know if you've been there before. Like we tear somebody down and we're like, man, look how smart I am. Look how smart. You didn't know that. This may happen on, like, this may happen with your friendships. you got those people around you that always find the negative. And in fact, when somebody tears somebody down, guess what? You have to be below somebody to tear them down, don't you? makes you look small. If, you, if you're tearing somebody down, it means you had to get below them so you can pull them down at your level. And it's so easy to be that person that sees all the negative all the time. I'll tell you what, have you ever met a critical person you want to be like? You ever met a critical, critical person that I can't wait to be like him. Man, he's tearing people down. I won't be like that deacon at the church has that, right? Like, man, you need to get out of here and take those kids with you. Can you imagine that happening at a church? Like, hey, why don't you go? You're, man, I know you love these kids. You're doing all this stuff. Man, just get out of here. You need to do something else. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's just mind-blowing. I don't know if you had that kind of church experience, that experience that maybe at work or whatever else. I'm telling you, it's easy to be that person, hypercritical. And so there's a verse uh, in the Bible, and if I'm going to read this, you guys got to, um, you, you guys, you got to put your head forward, <laughs> and you got to lock your eyes forward, and you got to keep your elbows in, okay? And if you nod or say amen, your life is over on this verse. I'm just telling you, it's real. 
All right. Proverbs 21, 19, it says this. It's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. May God add his blessing to the word. <laughs> There's not a verse for the guys, but there should be. Okay, so I wrote one. 1 Petri 2.24. Because all you guys are like, you listening? This guy in the first, there's a guy in the first uh, gathering. His wife leaned over and pinched him. He's preaching to you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. All right, there's the verse. Better to get bamboo shoots under your fingernails than live with a man who constantly picks apart everything. Amen? <laughs> I keep looking at Diane because I'm wondering uh, if she's, I, I told her there'd be a lot of amens in this section. You've been nice to me. Oh, it's the mask. I can't hear you. Got to watch out for the silent ones, you know what I'm saying? It's all those good church girls. All right. And you never met a critical person you want to be around, have you? I mean, you never met anybody in your life that tears people down and thought, man, one day I won't be like you. Like, never thought that in a million years. That's why I believe God's called us to be a hope dealer. I didn't say it wrong in the first gathering, but a hope dealer, okay? That H, <laughs> hope dealer, all right? Uh, we're not in Colorado. We're going to be a hope dealing church. Now, if you think I said the other thing, we're going to have a record attendance next week, okay? Um, <laughs> We'll be a hope dealer. All right, we made these flags for our watch parties, and people drive up and said, hope is here. And uh, I was really excited about putting hope dealer on there. So I actually made the graphic for this flag, and I showed Diane. She's like, that's just over the top. Like, people get the wrong idea. I'm like, oh, no, but it would be so great, wouldn't it? You know, so we almost had hope dealer for all around. We almost started hope dealing stations around the city. I don't know. We're not in Colorado, so we can't do that. But this is what Paul said about hope, Romans 15, 13. He said, that God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Why? So that you may overflow with hope. You have hope in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul was a chief hope dealer. I mean, every way he built people up. You read the Bible. He wrote most of the New Testament. He's building up these churches. He's building up people. He's encouraging them. He, he's not tearing people down. He's giving them a word of exhortation, a word, a life-giving word. Look at Romans 8. This is amazing. Here's some hope he gives just in Romans 8. He says, now, therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no shame in your life. There's some hope in that, amen? He said, by the Holy Spirit, he helps you in your weakness. He said, Jesus is making intercession at the right hand of the Father for you right now. How cool is that that Jesus is praying for you right now in this moment? There's some hope in that. I need some prayer. I know you need some prayer. I can see that. Just kidding. All right. He said that you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I mean, you're more than a conqueror. I'll tell you what, Jesus conquered Corona. Come on, somebody. Like, Jesus knows what's going to happen at the end of the season. Jesus knows if school is going to start, if it's going to be online. Jesus has a plan. Jesus knows. I mean, we, this is our second week meeting in person in this school. And guess what? We're on a week-to-week basis. And are we nervous about that? No. Jesus has a plan. We're more than conquerors with Jesus. He said this, we're neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor powers or present or future to come nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be separated from the love in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing's going to separate us from God. Amen. Like we can be some hope dealers today because our source is rooted in us. Jesus lives in us. He abides in us and we have the source of hope. And so today, do you want to walk out of here and say, I'm going to be a fault finder. I'm going to be a negative person. No. Walk out and be a hope dealer. We walk here and be different with our family. I know for so many times, I'm telling you, the people we're closest to are the people we hurt the most. And so often, we're so negative. We're so short. We kind of give up. Like, I'm kind of giving up on people. We never should give up on people. Jesus never gave up on us. I thank God that Phil McGee didn't give up on me. 
I mean, if you knew me, you might have given up on me. But people didn't give up on me, and people shouldn't give up on you, and we shouldn't give up on others. I love the metaphor of Jesus. Look at all these words of Jesus. He's the bread of life. I mean, he's the door. He's the gate. I mean, he's the way and the truth. The Bible says he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And what it says in 1 Timothy, he's called our hope. Jesus is our hope. Our hope has a name. His name is Jesus. So I'm going to be like, hey, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Hey, you know what? I'm going to love my kids, even though I don't feel like loving my kids right now. You know, I'm going to keep serving, even though my team has kind of been rough. I'm going to keep leading because my hope is found in you. I love what he says in 2 Titus. He says, our blessed hope. That Jesus is not just our hope. He's our blessed hope. He's everything to us. I love what it says in 1 Peter. He's our living hope. Like he's alive today, trying to change our lives. He has a plan for you. My love when somebody comes to Jesus, he gives them hope. Because if you go to a Pharisee, if you go to a fault finder, you know what you get? You get shame and condemnation. Matter of fact, there's a story in the Bible where this lady is caught in adultery. She gets caught by these Pharisees, these fault finding Pharisees. They begin to accuse her. They wanna pick up stones and they wanna throw them and kill her. And Jesus shows up and this is what he does. He gets on the ground, he kneels down and he draws a line in the sand. He says, he who has no sin, cast the first stone. That's a quandary. They're all standing there. And Jesus begins to write in the sand. And one by one by one, all the Pharisees leave from oldest to youngest. And all the accusers are gone. The theologians believe that Jesus wrote the sins of those Pharisees in the sand. And I have a little theory, and I think it's awesome, is he started writing all the names of the mistresses of those Pharisees in the sand. Sally, <laughs> Jessica, Kimberly. <laughs> and they begin to say, yeah, he knows because nobody's perfect. And then Jesus kneels down next to this lady, full of shame, fear, and said, we're your accusers. It's all gone. He said, well, did I accuse you? Go and sin no more. I'm telling you, God is a God of hope, amen. You came this morning, you thought God can't love you. You came in with the wrong idea. If you came in this morning thinking, well, if you knew I did last night, no, that's just Satan telling you that. God never said that to you. Jesus loves you. And we're called to be hope dealers people that pick our kids up and say, you know, son, you made a mistake, but I love you. I believe in you. I see potential in you. I know where God can get you. God's going to use your life. Jordan, man, I know God's going to use you at college. I know God's going to change people's lives because of you. You just keep your eyes fixed on him. I know God's going to use you because he will when you're willing. We're just called to be hope dealers in this season. God's using us. I'm telling you, the coronavirus is a giant open door to bring some hope. Amen. I'm telling you, depression is crazy right now. People are quitting on themselves or quitting on their families or quitting on their marriages. People need you to get on your phone right now and be like, man, I believe in you. Like, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I'm here for you. I love you, I care for you. You have no idea how one single word of encouragement can change somebody's life. I know your kids aren't tidy, come on somebody. They don't even use tide. They don't clean anything, right? But you know what, they're thoughtful, aren't they? They're compassionate. I mean, some of your kids are like encyclopedias. They go around and tell us everything. They shadow our teams on Sundays. I mean, some of your kids, they serve as junior leaders in the kids program. They make a difference in the lives of people. I know at home they're crazy. Come on, somebody. But you know what? There's potential. They love people. There's so much good in your kids, but so easy to cut them off. Man, you know what? I know your wife's not the most organized. Come on. <laughs> I know she should have all of it together. Now, some of your wives are like Excel sheet Nazis. You know what I'm saying? Um, but some of you, yeah, your wife's not the organized, but guess what? She's a great mom, isn't she? She's a great mom. She loves your kids like nobody's loved your kids. She cares for them. Instead of carrying your wife down for what she's not, we're gonna build her up for who she is, amen? 
I didn't hear any amens, boys and girls. Where's the little guys? Amen. Because we love the sarcasm, amen. But that's a good amen. And husbands, you're out there. And I'll tell you what, some of you husbands aren't winning the Lawn of the Year award, okay? I've seen some of those lawns, Barry. Um, <laughs> I'm picking on Barry a little bit. We do that. Um, but you know what? It's green. There's a lot of weeds. All right? And some of, you, some of your husbands, man, it's like, it's not their thing. They're just getting, getting all this done. But I tell you what, they get out there and they got those black socks, you know, pulled up to their ankles. You know what I'm talking about? Looking cool. And that bush, bush mower's blowing smoke everywhere. I'm telling you, this is what you wives need to do. You walk outside and be like, dude, you are so sexy in those black socks. Man, I love what I'm seeing right now. Barry, you're so sexy in that black boot. I love that black boot. I mean, some of you guys got to do that, right? Come on, ladies. You got, you got to give some encouragement to your man. Don't tear him down. I know the yard looks crazy. Just give some encouragement today. Give some words of life. Man, be a hero maker in this season. You know the greatest things you can do? It's get somebody on your shoulders. And you say, wherever you're gonna go, we're gonna run. Because I'm telling you, that's what it's all about. I mean, we stand on the shoulders of heroes. This church wouldn't be here without heroes. Man, I'm passionate about this because I've been cut down so many times. Can I just tell you our church wasn't launched because somebody put me on their shoulders? I'll just leave it there. Like our church wasn't launched because somebody said, hey, I mean, I believe in you. We're gonna go to the next level and reach some people. No, it was the opposite. There's people tearing me down and there were some of you in this room that say, you know what? I believe in you. I'll give you an opportunity. I'll sign up for that. I'll get behind you. I can believe in that. And because of you guys, this church exists. And I believe God has called us. You just look around the person next to you and say, God has called you. Go and tell them right now, God has called you. Now get on my shoulders. Come on, get on my shoulders. You're gonna walk out here, people have on your shoulders today. <laughs> Just gonna do something different. Like you're just gonna stop in the hallway out here and say, you know what, I know God has a plan for your life. Like I see you every single week, do you know God can use your life? Like why don't you come over for dinner and hang out? Like we're just gonna be hero makers. We're gonna have those kind of conversations. I mean, invite people into the life of your family. Put people around that are positive, they're gonna make a difference. Can I just tell you this? God did not send people to our church to tear them down, amen? God did not send people to our lives. We didn't intersect on the highway of life to tear people down. I mean, God put people in our life to build them up, amen? God brought people here today to build up. You never know. I mean, every single step of every single day, people are watching your life. They're watching on Facebook too. Come on, somebody. They see what you like. They see what you post. We're Christians. We're called to bring it to the next level. I mean, bring the best out in people. I wonder how many people stopped short because somebody cut them off. I wonder how many people out there just said, you know, I'm not good enough. Like, I can't do it. I'll tell you what, we're the kind of church that's gonna turn that around, aren't we? We're the kind of church that's gonna believe in some people. We're the kind of church that's gonna take a risk on some people. You don't have to look all perfect. I hope you don't. You'd be the first perfect, first, first perfect person here. I hope you come in with all your baggage. I hope you come in with all your problems. I hope you come in with your Jerry Springer lifestyle. Come on now. This church is looking like Walmart, you know? You know what I'm talking about. Like we don't have to clean up the mess. Jesus cleans up the mess. We just point you to Jesus. Like, I don't, you don't have to like find, to hit a certain level, be super spiritual. People always apologize. It's funny, we'll do stuff and people around me and they'll apologize later. Like, I, I cussed in front of a pastor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Might learn it from me. I don't know, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, people always want to be perfect around everybody else. Like, man, we believe in you. Come on, somebody, we believe in you. And we're going to take that message, we're going to go out, we're going to believe in people, bring them in. You look, come as you are. You've been to church where they, where they sing that song, Come As You Are. Can you start that, Sarah? We gonna sing it right now? I did. <laughs> She's just having fun. But you know, come just as you are. Remember that song? I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> but come just as you are. And it was funny. Like one time, I came forward in a church and I had a visor on. It said turtles because I was cool. You know what I'm saying? And I, I came forward, and, and the person I was gonna pray with and talk to said, "You need to take your visor off." What in the world is going on here? 
I mean, what kind of, what, what, how does that have to do about anything that's going on here? Like we're not gonna have churches gonna look at somebody on the outside and judge them for what's happening. We're just gonna get to the source. We're just gonna work on somebody's heart, amen? So don't worry about what you come with or what you're wearing or how you act or all the stuff in your life. No, no, we wanna bring some hope to you. We know the one who is the hope dealer. His name is Jesus, amen? He can change your life. I thank God there's people who saw some potential in me. And today I hope you realize that, man, we see the potential in you. That's why we do all this. We do all this because we believe God is gonna use your life to do something greater. Like this is just the beginning. This is a seed being planted. Man, I cannot wait to see what George Germain does in the next few years at college. You can back turn that college right now that Jesus do to college. If you, if you brought kids like you brought them to youth group at college, I'm telling you, they're hungry at college. You may think they're not hungry for Jesus in college, but they're hungry for college. You can tear it up. Just make your mission right now. Like, I'm going to be the biggest light I can at college. I'm telling you, man, this is all it takes. We believe in that. So we encourage you guys, man, I'll be a hope dealer today. Can you guys do that? You guys ready to share some hope today? Can you guys do that? Man, change your family, change how you see stuff. I'm telling you, man, God did not put your kids in your life to drag you down. He brought them in your life to build them up. God brought your friends next to you to build them up. God put you in this church to build people up. We're gonna be people that are gonna just be hope dealing. I'm no, if you guys are on the streets dealing hope this week, I'll be happy, okay? If you get caught dealing hope and get put in prison, I'd love to see it. I wanna see you guys just be extravagant with your hope. Like what can you do to make a huge difference? Just do something crazy you never do. Get that $100 bill out and go to Waffle House. Stick it out there by that coffee and walk off. Say in Jesus' name. Do something different. Be radical with your hope. I believe God is calling us to be that kind of church. Father, come before you. God, we pray that we'd be a hope-dealing church. God, that we wouldn't be so focused on ourselves and what's right. God, we focus on what's helpful for other people. God, we know our words are so important. We're not gonna underestimate the power of our words. God, that one word of criticism can stop somebody, but one word of encouragement can push them forward in faith today. Hey, I want to talk to some of you that are saying, you know what, I'm, I need to be a hope dealer in this season. I mean, this corona season's got me negative. My marriage is running on the ground. I've been just that negative person finding fault, but today I want to be a hope dealer. And today I want to walk out of here and I want every word of my, my, my life to be helpful to other people. If that's you this morning, you raise your hand high. I want to be a hope dealer this morning. Come on, put those hands up if God's calling you to do that. I want to be a hope dealer. I want people to be better because of me. Father, I pray for those who raise their hand, God, that we would be the kind of people, God, that we would have a short list of wrongs and we have a long list of rights. We're the kind of church so people walk out of here and just find the positive and encourage people, inspire people to do their best. God, we see the negative, God, but we're above that. We're not below that. We're not gonna tear people down. I hope you change our families. God, I pray for fathers and mothers to stand up and be the leaders in their family, God, just to, to believe in their kids. Man, it helps us to believe in our teams and those around us, even though sometimes they walk on us and sometimes they bite at us. God, I pray that we'd be faithful to you because you were faithful to us, God. You give us the hope and the words of encouragement today. I wanna pray for one more group of people today. I wanna talk to you today. If you have been felt like you're being in the middle of a fault, you've been accused. I'm gonna tell you something. Satan is the greatest fault finder of them all. Satan is the father of lies, the prince of the darkness of the airs. And he, he, what he does is he condemns you. He walks around and says, you'll never be good enough. You'll never look good enough. You'll never be smart enough. You never can roll. You'll never be a firefighter. He accuses you. These words are pulling on you, but Satan, Satan wants to stop you from what God has for you because Jesus will set you free today. I love about Jesus is he died on the cross for your sins before you even committed your sins. Jesus knew your sins past, present, and future. And he went to that cross 2000 years ago and died on a cross for you. 
and that Jesus doesn't accuse you. He forgives you and he gives you hope. Just like that woman caught in adultery. He says, go and sin no more. You meet Jesus, he forgives you. He sets you free. The Bible says that anybody who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, forgiven, and made new. And so maybe today, maybe online, maybe here in this room, you need to accept Jesus. You say yes to forgiveness. Yes to Jesus. Yes to God's son. Yes to new life. Yes to throwing off the shame. Yes to no condemnation. Yes to freedom in Jesus. If that's you, and you want to say yes to Jesus, please put your hand here. Nobody looking around and say, I want Jesus today. And I see your hand. Anybody else says, I want Jesus. I want some freedom. I need, I need the hero of hope, Jesus, in my life. I mean, if that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus. I mean, to bring me hope today. I've been doing this in my own way, my own power, my own strength, but today I need Jesus. He brings hope. God, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, make me new. Forgive me. I'm going to serve you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, would you give it up big for those who came to Christ today? Come on, let them know you love them. That's encouraging. I mean, if you're online, click the button right below you. Let us know you accepted Jesus today. I mean, we love you guys. There's going to be hope dealing in church. If you get caught or arrested dealing hope, it's going to be awesome. And give it up for Barry. I'm sorry I picked on him so much. You got to pray for your pastor. Start run faster. Hey, I did get this boot from Pastor Sean, but I think he uh, jacked his foot up way worse in a cooler way, though. Was it surfing? Surfing. He broke his whole foot basically in half. It's way cooler than a mountain bike accident. <laughs> hey, if you guys prayed that prayer this morning to make Christ uh, the center of your universe, to follow him, I want you to know that we are so excited for you. We want to help you. We've got a couple next steps for you. The first one is this. You can text RLNEXT to 97000. And when you do that, we're going to get you hooked up with some resources that will help you on that journey. We'll also have somebody that will call you and just hang out with you, talk to you, and just encourage you. Because again, this isn't the end of something, this is the beginning, and we wanna be there with you. The second thing you can do is if you're with us in person today, is on your way out of the worship center, there's a red bag that has our name on it. Grab that, there's a Bible in there for you, there's more resources. You guys won't regret grabbing these, just please t feel free to take them on your way out. And we're so, again, we're so excited for you, you today. Everybody else, I got a next step for you as well. And Pastor Sean brought a great message about being a hero maker. And there's so many of us, we feel like we're inadequate. We don't have anything to offer, but God has something that he's gifted you in your life. He has a purpose for each person in here. And if you feel like there's a call in your life today and you want to take that next step and you want to be a hero maker somewhere, but you don't know how, come hang out with us at the Next Steps booth. We will encourage you. We'll get you hooked up and we'll just get you on the dream team. There's over 120 people already making a difference here at Real Life and in the community. We would love to have you serve alongside us today. So we'd see you, love to see you at the Next Steps room. Well, again, I just want to encourage you and just thank you guys so much for your faithfulness and your generosity. Everything that you do makes an impact right here and in our community. As always, there's three ways to give. You can go online at reallifechurchkc.com, click the giving tab. You can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to use the envelope systems, you can drop that or a check in the giving box at the back. You know, God talks about having... Uh, a cheerful heart when we give and that's what he wants for us he doesn't want us out of shame or out of guilt just to give you know what we think we have to he wants us to do it with a cheerful heart and I was just telling the the earlier gathering there's so many times that I've spent money on stuff and a lot of people get really weird when you start talking about money because it's so personal but for myself I've spent money on things I've had regrets about you know how many of you knew the Chiefs before they were bad right and bought those tickets and you went and just watched them get destroyed I regretted that I bought a car blew up 30 days after I had it, bought a mountain bike and ruined my ankle. 
But I tell you what, I've never given a dollar to God that I've ever regretted because I know that it does something bigger than what I can do on my own. And I want you guys to know that your generosity is impacting lives today. Check out this video. Hey, Real Life. I'm Holly Holcomb, and I serve as the Dream Team Coordinator. Check out the difference you're making in the life of somebody who's near and dear to me. This is my good friend Amanda, and I've known her for about 10 years now. I really just wanted her to share part of her story with you. Uh, she first came to Real Life through Heart and Soul Night a few weeks ago. She just jumped head first into the team, starting that next um, Sunday for our soft launch on the 2nd. I'm proud of you for jumping head first into the dream team. And so what has that meant for you? Uh, the dream team has been incredibly inclusive and they've made me feel at home. There's never been a time where I felt like I could walk through a room without somebody saying hey or good morning or making sure I knew what I was supposed to be doing at that time. And I want to be a part of a group of people that makes me feel like I'm at home. It's more about the relationships and not just, you know, going to sit in the back pew and never talking to anybody. Do not stop asking people to come to church. They will come, they will follow. It's just a matter of waiting for that right time, waiting for that right moment. When I came to Heart and Soul, that was like the perfect opportunity. Rain starts coming down, the kids are loving it, the dog's loving it. And I'm like, you know what, these are my people. Like, this yeah. is exactly what I need. I'm just so excited. There's nothing more powerful or exciting than being able to cheer you on and watch God just work in your life and your kids' life. So real life, there is a world full of people just like Amanda, whose God is using to make a difference because of you. We get to be a part of changing lives together. Well, was that not right? Does that not show kind of the church's heart for people, amen? Yes. And I'm telling you, just on a personal level, my wife and I were just saying the other day that if Sean and Diane in real life will put up with me and my wife, I'm telling you there's a home for you here, absolutely. Well, guys, we love you. We just want to thank you. And again, just to remind you how special you are to us, please stop by the next, uh, the new here booth uh, and get your uh, free gift. We love you guys. And remember, say it after, after me or with me, whatever you want to do. Whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. Amen. Yes. Have a good week, guys.